Yeah, you never know when the Lord is going to redirect something and change what you think you may want to be doing. Uh, take your Bibles, man. I got to talked about uh, desire. Paul said, in my heart's desire, my heart's desire. Uh, Paul had a desire, but uh, I'm going to hit another thing tonight, which goes right along with that. Uh, go to uh, Acts 11. Paul's a great, I'm all through your Bible. What really uh, made me start thinking about this one is uh, sometimes it's not always good. I'm not going to tell you to listen to radio and they'll give you your messages. But uh, one of the guys was talking about, somebody on there was saying something. And they, they made a comment about uh, Acts, Acts 11. They made a comment about uh, young people today. And they said the problem with young, oh, you, wait a second if you want to sit down because I might be... Uh, a bunch of them. No, it's not a rabbit trail. It's part of it. But anyway, they said the problem with young people today is they, they don't really have any idea what they, they want to do. And they say, I'm going to go work eight hours, and, and then I'm going to go home, and, and then I guess you're going to do something else in the rest of the time. He said, you never will be a success if you think a job is eight hours a day. You'll never, and that's a fact. Uh, if you think a job is eight hours a day, then you got the wrong job. Uh, all you're doing is you're just filling the slot until they get rid of you and put somebody else in there who will put in 10, 15, 20 hours a day because they'll get into it. Uh, I've always done that in my whole life. I just thought that's what you were supposed to do. My dad worked just from sunup sun to sundown. I just thought that's what you should do. And then you tar- start talking about working overtime. Uh, people, I'm telling you what, if you don't do what you enjoy doing, uh, then you're just wasting your time in life. You're wasting. You're sitting there. If you're sitting at a desk sitting at a chair, sitting somewhere, or, or out doing whatever, and, and it, you have no purpose in your life, then th- there has to be a guiding purpose to what you're doing. Uh, some end game out there. So Acts, Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Paul, uh, it, it's in, now you stand up, Mike. It's a good idea. Now you stand up. Acts eleven nineteen says, Now they which were scattered, uh, scattered abroad, under the persecution that arose about Stephen, traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word uh, to none, uh, none but unto the Jews only. And some of them uh, were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they were come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And, and now they're, they're coming into Antioch, starting to talk here and talk to the people. It says, And uh, the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed, and turned unto the Lord. Then tidings of these things uh, came to the ears of the church, uh, which is in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, that he should go as far as Antioch, who, when he came he had, and had seen the grace of God, was glad, exhorted them all, uh, with purpose of heart, they would cleave unto the Lord. Father, thank you for your uh, blessings this uh, evening, Lord. I pray that you bless this message. Father, we'll praise you not only in Jesus' name. Amen. So now either this is going to be a total flop, or there was something in here that you probably need to hear. Uh, I was at home, and my printer at home uh, ran out of ink. So I have a backup printer upstairs, and it wouldn't print color. So anything that was color wasn't on the page when it printed it out. So I said, I'll solve the problem. I got a, a brother printer here that's color, and I come over here, and it's broke too. I mean, the chances of everything being broken one time is, is, is quite regular, I guess. <laughs> Because nobody ever tells you it's broke until you actually need it. I only need it when I need it, and that's when I need it, and I go to use it, and it wasn't working. Paul sits here and says, uh, uh, or uh, he's sitting here talking in, in Acts right here and says, 
who when he came had seen the grace of God and was glad and exhorted them. Barnabas. Barnabas was listening to the, what the, uh, the men from Cyprus and Cyrene was doing. They came up to Jerusalem and said, hey man, down in Antioch. Now, now to get the picture here, I was talking to a young man or a man the other day and uh, he was asking about uh, uh, joining the church. And we was, I said, man, you need to stick around for a little while, just see if you like us or not, because you may not like us after very long. And he had a new King James, and I told him, I said, that's not the word of God. And, and I said, as you go down, I said, the scriptures came from Antioch. So it's important, it is very important to understand where the hand of God works at in life sometimes. And if, once you start seeing what's happening, you start getting your mind fixed back on stuff. Brother, this world will fix, take your mind off into a thousand different directions uh, any given time. If you can't focus on what you're doing, if you have no purpose. Uh, 12 years old, I tell you all the time, 10, 11, 12, I want to be ET in the Navy. Uh, I tried everything in the world to do that. I couldn't do it. Uh, I messed up my finger at 16. I tried electronics a lot of different other ways. I went to school for electronics. Uh, it just got more and more expensive, and I couldn't afford the school. I sit down at Speed Engineering, talked to them, said, hey, I want to be this. And they said, Mike, it's going to take you this, 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 this to do it. I said, well, that ain't going to work. So I, then I went down to the vocational school, and they had an electronics program, and I tried to get in there. They said, Mike, you're too far beyond that. That ain't going to do you any good either. You would have to sit here for five years before that we even catch up to where you're at. So I'm sitting there going, what in the world's going on here? And, and, but the purpose in my heart, I, I gave it up. I said, okay, I'll just go out and get a job, and I'll work somewhere, make a living, figure out, well, I don't like this, don't like that, don't like this, don't like that, don't like this. I got to a couple places that was okay, but it didn't like it. And then finally one day the Lord said, okay, go in the Navy. And I got in the Navy, and I feel like at a, for a moment there my purpose was fulfilled. It was exactly where the Lord wanted me to be to start with, but he wanted to get me saved before I got there. Brother, it's very important to know what you're doing in this life. It is not haphazard that you're going through this life. Uh, if you're going through life on a daily basis thinking, I'm going to get all this stuff, do this, do this, do this, do this, and, and you're not giving 100% of your mind to, well, I, I'm going to tell you, probably 75% of your mind to the Lord Jesus Christ, you got a problem. Because this is all going away. And it could go away quickly. They're talking about 2020. I'm not trying to scare y'all. But 2025, they're talking about World War III. And they're, they're probably going to push to get it that way. Now, brother, to me, I don't care. And you say, oh, he don't care. No, I'm going to heaven. That's where I was going to go when I got saved in 1980. That's where I'm going to go today, 43 years later. Uh, they could rush it a little bit, but I don't think they could rush it. I'm going to go right when the Lord says go. Brother, I'll tell you what. You know what? I, I like Brother Campbell. I, at first, I was listening to what he was saying, and I thought, well, I wonder why he's doing what he's doing. I didn't know his dad had passed away. Uh, me and Brother Campbell never got along very well. I didn't like him too much, and I don't think he liked me a whole lot. Uh, we still supported him, but that's okay. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things where you sit there and look at him, but you know what? He, he, he's going from serving God in one place to serving God somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, you can't beat that one. Uh, anything else behind that, I don't know anything, but, but up front, I know, I know that. Uh, there's another missionary I had a problem with. I had another missionary come in and tell me, watch him. He's, he, you don't know much about him. I don't care much about him. I don't care much about either one of them. As a matter of fact, I'll be honest with you. I don't care a whole lot about missionaries in general. They come in here, they want my money, and they want to leave. So then they want me to give you, get you to get me your money so I can give them their money. If that's my whole purpose in life, you can hang it up. I'm out of here, man. If you, if you think that's what my job is, is to make sure y'all give money so I can give it to the missionaries, you got a sad, you're in the wrong church. I'm going to tell you that right now. You're in the wrong church. Uh, you know what my job is? Is to shepherd you. And try to get you to do what you're supposed to do. Or even, hey, forget this. I'm glad you come to church. 
I really am. I can't make you. I, I'm glad y'all give money. I can't make you do that either. But the Catholic Church, man, they, you have to show them your W-2s and, and your 1040 A or 1040, whatever it is. They look down there and subtract and then, and then, and a little mathematics, and you made 10000 You should have put 1000 and Then they look at your tithe record. Well, you're, you're $600 short of your tithe. If you don't tithe, you can't put your kids in school. <laughs> you got to tithe first. And then you got to pay the school. I mean, it's crazy stuff, man. They take everything you got, and they don't care one bit. But it's a purpose. They have a purpose. They're trying to keep their school going. The government has a purpose. They're trying to keep all the government workers in, employed, and you have to pay the bill. Let me ask you a question. What's your purpose tonight? I said you have to have a desire last Wednesday and Sunday night. Paul had a desire. What is your purpose? If you got a desire, but you don't have a purpose to go along with that desire, then your purpose is of no value and your desire is of no value. People desire a lot of stuff, but there has to be a, a purpose, and the purpose should be for us everlasting. Paul said, uh, Barnabas says he exhorted them that with purpose of heart they would cleave unto the Lord. That's grab hold of him and hold on. Brother, we come so far from that. I mean, you look at our church today, they're doing everything but that. We're doing anything to get people in churches. That's, that's ridiculous. Uh, I mean, it's hard enough. I'd, I'd rather have two people. A, a friend of mine took a, is taking a church or trying to take a church, has 10 people in it, and he's worried about music, canned music. Well, I told you all about this the other day. I hate canned music too, but, but if you only got 10 people and that's all you're worried about, there ain't nothing to worry about. Worry about all the other stuff first. See if they can tolerate you Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. See if they can do that. If they do that after a while, you, the, that other stuff, you don't have to tell somebody to cut their hair. They'll do that naturally. If the Lord gets a hold of them, they'll, they'll naturally straighten up some things. But what's wrong with most people is they don't have a purpose or they try to have somebody else's purpose. You can't have somebody else's purpose. Your purpose is your purpose. And no matter what it is, if it's picking up trash outside, then that's what it is. If, it, if it's to be Billy Graham, that's what that is. I don't think Billy Graham really had a purpose. Uh, he may have. You get offended at that right there. But the end game, when you look at what happens... Uh, People, you're, you're guiding down a road, and uh, we look at this world, and, and sometimes we have stuff, don't have stuff. We think we need stuff, and, and all the stuff that we go after, it takes years. I, I, Dr. Roman, I like always Dr. Roman. He would talk to you if you'd shut up. If you started talking, he'd say, pass the salt. That was like, you're not listening to me anyways. Why am I telling you anything? And, and that's exactly what he would do. He would just shut up. And go on and eat the meal. That's what we're here for. That's our purpose. Let's leave. If you want to hear something, he'll tell you. I chased him all the way down one time to get an answer to something. And I mean, I chased him through all the buildings, second floor down to the first floor, over by the popcorn machine, through the building, outside, all the way down to his office. Just to get him to say no. Or yes. You know, he wasn't wishy-washy. But he never said a word until I got down there. And then he goes... I just wouldn't do it. Fine, thank you. Later, got to go. And I turned around and walked away. I Right then and there, I said, whatever that man says, that's what I'm going to do. Why? I'm in his church. And I'm not going to do anything to cause that man issues while I'm in his church. But if, he t if I wasn't even in his church and he had told me that, I wouldn't have done it. I'm, you know what I'm betting on? That he has more brains than I got. And I'm thinking, okay, I'll listen to you. I, there's some things I just don't see in this world, and I don't have to learn those myself. He just said no. I turned away, walked away. He goes, hey, brother, Mr. Elliott, brother Elliott, brother Elliott, come here. You know what I didn't tell you? I'm like, I don't care. 
I said, really, Doc, I don't care. I said, I asked you, you gave me your answer, that's what I'm going to do. He goes, no, he goes, most people already made up their mind. They, they just want me to agree with them. Well, brother, I'm not going to agree. I got a Bible, man. I, I mean, I just look at this thing and it's just it's kind of black and white, got some color in it when I put it in it. But there's a purpose to everything we do. The, the verb formal, verb of purpose has, says have one, have as one intention or object. What objective? What is your objective? You got to have an objective. You got a desire tonight? I'm handing out those prayer books. You don't have, I'm going to tell you how, I got four more on order. If you, if you got them, I had two people, uh, won it the other day. Ladies went out over guys. So ladies, if you come first, sorry about that. But uh, if you come first, you'll get it. And then I'll give it to the guy. I'll get another one for the guys. But I got four coming in. Uh, I had another one at the house, but another lady came up and asked for it, and she got it too. So, so you lose out, man, all the way around. Guys, you just lose. We do that. that. You should be used to that in America. Guys, we're on the bottom. You know, we're the messed up kind of people. So uh, everybody else gets everything before we do. But that's okay. You know what? You want to find out what your purpose is? You want to desire? You need to start asking the Lord. I mean, you need to have a prayer life. You need to get a hold of him somehow and just start talking to him. And let him put a desire in your heart. You know what other people do? We'll talk you out of your desire. You, you better watch other people. You'll watch other people doing what God told them to do and try to do what they did. And you're going to mess up a lot of stuff doing that. I don't, I don't like to do that. I like to do exactly what the Lord told me to do. And that's it. That's bottom line. I don't care what anybody else does. Now, it sounds mean. I'm sorry, brethren. I'm only one person. I'm, I can't do everything that this world wants. You'd, you'd, go, you'd get old real quick. I'm not going to do it. Having one intention and objective. What is your intention for your life? Now, I'm gonna, I'll, be, I'll throw this in. Uh, Brother Joe comes up all the time. Harris, he goes, what are we going to do? What are we going to do next week? I said, Joe, whoa, whoa, stop, stop. I said, I'll do it one day at a time. But next week, next week, next week. I said, Joe, one day at a time. I said, I don't know what tomorrow holds. Well, he was ready for me to go get trucks and everything else, trailers, and haul all that stuff off. And I said, slow down, slow down. I hope you don't get mad about this. But I said, slow down. And they put dumpsters over there for us to use. Now, if we'd have done everything we wanted to do to do everything we wanted to do our way, we would have missed the blessing of them paying to get rid of it. Amen. That's why you need to learn how to slow down and just take it one day at a time. It's simple. Just slow. Slow and easy. Let the Lord God direct your steps. Because if you don't, what you're going to do is you're going to make a lot of steps and you're going to have to back up and make some more steps and back up. I'm tired of making steps. I had a guy build a house for me one time. And uh, I, I, he, he said, uh, why are you letting me do this? I said, because I said, I can do that. But I'm going to put it in, tear it out, put it in, tear it out, put it in, tear it out. I want you to put it in one time and be done with it. I don't want to do it 10 times. Now, I knew that. So you know what they did? They put it together, got it done, and we're finished. Brother, sometimes you got to realize that other people... Man, I, this church would not even be here without you guys. So, I mean, I, the, even though the God gives me a purpose to do, I couldn't do it without you guys. I couldn't do it. It takes a body of believers. The Lord, it's his plan. Watch this one. 2 Corinthians. Uh, stay, don't go there yet. Don't go there. Go this one. I'm gonna, it's a purpose. You got a purpose. What purpose? Uh, without purpose. I'm going to get to a couple of these other ones. I'm going to try to hit some of this, but I'm going to stop it. I'll, I may get back into Sunday night. Uh, without purpose, there can never be a future. Anything you do that doesn't include Jesus Christ dead sinner, there's no future in it. Now, I really hate to say that because I know everybody's thinking, well, I'm going to do this and this and great careers and all this other stuff. 
That stuff could stop at any given time, any moment. World War II, if you go back, simple, just a couple, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 years ago. World War I, World War II, it shut down our whole country. As a matter of fact, it shut down the world. There was just one focus. Everything everybody was doing went down the tubes. Everybody in Germany, everybody in Germany, their money was useless at that point. They were papering the walls with it. Anything could happen at any given time, and I mean moments could change everything in this world for us. So for me to put my value into this world, now I'm going to say you got to do that some way, sometimes, and, and each one of us got a different job. Y'all, uh, you know, it's a blessing. Andrew, come on. Uh, I don't know if it's a blessing or not because he didn't really tell me the rest of the story. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping it was a positive talk y'all had with him and it wasn't negative. With Isaacs, David Isaacs. Okay. So anyways, Andrew, Andrew, just kind of out in the world, man, just out in the world, him and Cassandra buying a, a monitor or something. Okay. And they just happened into this house on Facebook Marketplace. And they happened into this house somewhere in Dayton. And they're talking to the guy, and the guy gives him their name, his name. And he goes, oh. And he starts talking about where he used to work at and all the, where he works at. And he goes, my dad used to work out there. And he mentions his name. He goes, oh, my dad talked about this other lady and, and his wife, his ex-wife. He goes, oh, that was my ex-wife. <laughs> And then he goes, who was your dad? He said, James Elliott. He goes, Mike Elliott. Oh, I know him to some degree. So if, if he didn't know, he should know me pretty well. I mean, I knew David a little bit. Uh, he was in server area, and I wasn't. I was down in the NMC. But you know what I realized right when he said that? I could have done some really stupid things back then. And my son and his wife would have walked right into that mess years later, and I would have never even known it. You better have a purpose, what you're doing. My purpose was to keep out of trouble. <laughs> I'm telling you what, every time I turned around, something was happening, Beth would call. You're talking about the Lord, man. Uh, there had no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way that you may be able to escape. I'd get in, something would happen, she would call. I mean, almost instantaneously. Every time you called, Something was going on, and I needed you to call. And she did. And I would hit the button, put her on speakerphone. I'd say, Beth, that was my wife. I said, that's my wife. I want all of them to hear. That's my wife right there. That's my wife. You know what that does? It keeps you out of trouble. How was I supposed to know years later my son and his wife was going to walk right into a guy's house that, that if I'd have done anything wrong, that guy could have. I mean, he, it may not have been in the scenario there, but he'd have known all kinds of stuff about me throughout that plant. And he could have said, oh, yeah, he did this, he did this, he did this. He didn't say any of that. And I'm thinking, Lord, what a blessing. You know what it was? The purpose was I had a job and I had to feed my family, but my purpose was to serve Jesus Christ every day there. And I put a lot of extra time in there. Not just moments, a lot of time. I, just, I loved the job, man. It was great. I, they tried to give me extra money. Didn't want no extra money, man. Y'all tried to give me extra money. Don't want it. What is your purpose? Without purpose, there could be no future. Watch this. Jesus, uh, 2 Timothy 1.6. Just a couple of verses. I'll stop because we, we get into a couple of minutes of prayer tonight. I'm going to try to start. I know I'm lying, but I really am. I have a desire. I have a purpose. I just haven't developed that, that purpose yet. I'm working 2 Timothy 1.6. Don't you think if other people have a purpose, you should have one? It says, verse 5, when I call to remembrance, am I in the right place? Second epistle. Let me see, let me see, let me see, let me see. Yes, 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 yes. Verse 5, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, 
which first dwelt, uh, was, was, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and thy mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded in thee also. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. That means you have to stir that thing up. You've got to keep it stirred up or else it will go off to the wayside. Uh, for God had not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord. And I'm not saying any of y'all are ashamed. Just don't go there. Uh, nor of me, his prisoners, but be thou partaker of this affliction of the gospel according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose. Jesus Christ had a purpose when he came here. Now you think that's bad. Watch this one. Uh, his own purpose and grace, which was given us, us uh, given, was given us in Christ Jesus before the world began. That means we have a purpose. He did not save you just to save you to have you sit down and do whatever you want to do. That wasn't why we got saved. We we got saved to be a replacement for some people that got kicked out, some angels and stuff that got kicked out of heaven. That's us. We're the, we're the replacements. We're the, the new recruits that come in there. Well, you know what you're supposed to be doing down here? You're supposed to have a purpose. What's your purpose? Well, if his purpose was to come and die on a cross and to do everything he did, and everything he did down through history had a purpose to it, our purpose, the longevity of our purpose is one thing, to serve God. And in that thing, in that thing, we do all the other stuff that we do. But the main purpose is God, period, God. Now, brethren, we come along, we say we got a Bible. What good is the Bible if you know all the good doctrines of the Bible and you don't Im implement those things in your life? What good is a, is a Bible if all you know is the Bible, but you can't do nothing with it? If you keep looking at everybody else, you know what our problem is? We look at a lot of other people, and sometimes we get frustrated because they seem to be doing something. We're not. Why are you looking at anybody else? Why aren't you on your knees saying, oh, God, what would you have me to do? That's what Paul said. Paul didn't say, Lord, let me go talk to Peter for a minute and see what I should be doing. Or, or hey, let me, John, John leaned on your breast there. Let me go talk to him. He didn't do anything. He said, Lord, what would you have me do? You know why Paul is one of the greatest Christians in the New Testament? Oh, he is the greatest Christian in the New Testament. He never asked nobody for nothing. He asked the Lord, and he'd go back to the Lord. And the Lord would give him, and Paul had a, a purpose from the start that he was going to go see Pharaoh or the, uh, the, the Caesar, and that's where he was headed. The Lord told him, and all the stuff Paul was doing was to further the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother, that's what we're here for. We're not here for nothing else. We're not here to build a church. If we're thinking about building a church, that is a failure to start with. Because at any given time, this thing could go away. That's the failure. I thank God for everything we've been able to do here. And I do. I mean, I like lights. I tell everybody, I said, you don't have lights. You don't have cameras. You don't have pews. Nobody's going to come in and sit down. They're not going to do the, the uh, Papua New Guinea thing where you take some blocks and stick them up and put two by sixes across them. And everybody comes in and sits on the two by sixes. That ain't going to happen. The reason this church looks like it looks right now is because I've had people walk out of here. You never even get a chance to minister to them because they want it a certain way. They think it's a certain way, and it's not because we're Americans. That's what the problem is. If, we weren't, if you were living in Papua New Guinea or you were living in Africa somewhere, you wouldn't care. 
But we live over here where everything's cush and, and plush, and now we're trying to make sure everything else we do is good. And what we're doing is we're leaving the Lord out of the thing. If we ever leave the Lord out of it, you can hang it up. It ain't going to happen. Without purpose, it's impossible. Without purpose, you can never have a future. Nehemiah is a good, good one. I like Nehemiah. Nehemiah. Nehemiah was sitting. You know, Nehemiah was born in captivity. Everything I read about him, he was not born in Jerusalem. I can't find anywhere, anywhere where it puts him back in Jerusalem. It puts him in captivity, being born in captivity. Uh, it's, it's a year or two maybe before when he's standing at the book of Nehemiah where it starts before they go back into uh, uh, Jerusalem. And all he's heard about, if that's true, and I'm still doing some research on it, but if it's true, that's what it looks like. If that's true, all he ever had was stories about stories about stories about the temple and Jerusalem and the wall and King David and all the rest of that stuff. That's all he ever had. Take your Bibles go to Nehemiah chapter 1. If that's true, Nehemiah had a desire, but he didn't necessarily have a purpose yet. Without a desire, you could never get a purpose. You need a desire. You need a desire to serve God. You've got to have that thing in your heart. I want to serve God. That has to be an overwhelming feeling in your heart that this is what I want to do. Uh, the words of Nehemiah, verse 1, the words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah. Uh, uh, and it came to pass in the month Chislu, in the 20th year, I was in Shushan the palace and having a great old time, that Hananiah, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked him concerning the Jews that had escaped which were left in kept of, of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And he said unto me, the remnant that are left uh, of the captivity, uh, uh, let's say of the captivity there in the providence are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem also are broken down and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. He had a desire to serve God. He's doing exactly that right now. He's working around the clock for, for a king. And he's going to be going in front of the king here in a little bit. He's a cupbearer. Uh, you just didn't become a cupbearer. You say, well, that's a mediocre job. No, you tasted it and if something is there. You died before the king did. Uh, you were trusted. You were trusted. Nehemiah starts praying. It's verse, verse 5. He starts praying. Uh, he gets down to the end of verse 6. He says, uh, both I and my father's house have sinned. He takes, I mean, he's saying we're all just a bunch of, for all of sin to come short of the glory of God. He goes on down through there. Verse 8, he goes, remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest. Nehemiah is bringing to God a prayer. He's bringing that thing right in front of God. He still doesn't have a purpose yet. Well, he does. He's headed right to his purpose. He knows, he, he said, I can't, he doesn't even know what he can and can't do. It gets down to verse 11 at the very end of this. It says, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. Talking about the king, for I was the king's cupbearer. Chapter 2, verse 1, it says, it came to pass. Uh, it came to pass in the month of Nisan, in the 20th, day, 20th year of Artaxerxes. First of all, Nehemiah would have never got there if he did not serve the king with all of his heart. He would have never got there. If all we're doing is, is a, if all we are is a mediocre Christian, don't ever think you're going to get there. Don't ever think you'll get there. You won't. You can't. God's looking for some people that are willing to give all. 
everything, that's, uh, your entire being. Guess what? One of these days, you're going to take your last breath, and you're going to give the last thing up. And you're going to be gone. A lot of us are hoping for that day quicker. And it came to pass in the month of Nisan in the 20th year of Artaxerxes the king. That wine was before me, and I took, it, uh, and I took up the wine, gave it un- into the king, uh, unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. He just heard about a, king, a, a city that is all messed up and burned up. It's all down in, in the, the... Now, he already knew Ezra went back, and Ezra, uh, the temple was pretty, pretty much probably taken care of. But the walls and the gates and the rest of the city was, it was in shambles. He says, why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was sore afraid. And he said unto the king, let the king live forever. Why should I? And all of a sudden, his purpose starts coming into focus. And Nehemiah brings that request, right? And the king says, what would you have me to do? Now, brother, I'm going to tell you something. You can do nothing without somebody else helping you on this planet. You cannot do it. It is not about you or me. It's about God. It's about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And if you're ever going to get anything accomplished, you're going to get it accomplished through him, by him, and the way he said do it. You know what I learned a long time ago? You're, we're, we're in this thing together. You hear me say, well, I don't care about missionaries, evangelists. I do care about them. I have them in all the time. However, comma, what I care about is you guys first. This thing right here has to be, you are the ones that I'm trying to work with first. I got a call from George today, and he, he's doing good. He's at home. Uh, they, they kicked him out of the hospital. I told him he messed up. George, if you're watching, I told you, I told you, man. I said, you need to slobber. You need to lay there like, and, and they will give you all the other stuff, treatment you need. I said, but you're going in there like I can do everything and running down the hallways. They're going to boot you out. And they kicked him out and he went home. Uh, he broke his hip, got, got six pins in his hip. I asked him, I said, were they your pins? Did they have your name on it when they stuck them in? He laughed. If y'all know anything about it, George brings like wads of pins. They all got George Oaks on them. Uh, not that kind of pin, though. <laughs> He thought that was funny, but he calls me this morning, says, would you come get me at the hospital? Take me home? I said, sure, man. I'll be there in a few minutes. He goes, oh, I'm already home. Shut up. I said, okay, okay I'll come get you, man. I would have got him. I said, you're going to have to ride in a van. I said, somehow you're going to get up in that thing. I said, I could bring the handicap van over and pick you up. But Nehemiah, born in captivity, had never seen the Holy City or the tabernacle. Could have only heard of the temple and the city and from others, and, and that's all he could. When the opportunity arose, he inquired, uh, inquired of the state of the holy temple. That's what he did. That's all he did. Or he inquired of the walls. Hananiah gave him the report, and Nehemiah cried. Started praying. Now, brother, I've been talking about prayer for a while. I've, I'm buying those prayer books. I talked to uh, the, the college that most of you guys are going to. I talked to a doc down there. So what do you think about that book? He says, I use it in the school. If I didn't think it was a good book, I wouldn't use it. I said, fine. So I started getting them, and I started passing them out. You know what you need to do? You need to learn how to pray. If you, if you do anything outside of prayer and the answer of God, you're doing the wrong thing. I don't care how successful it looks. It's wrong. It will fall apart. I don't want to get in your family's life. I, don't, I can care. You do whatever God tells you to do. I'm going to tell you, though, if you do not get a hold of God and get his approval and his guidance and direction, then what you're doing is in the flesh. And that thing will not fly, man. It will not fly. It may look good and you may go, but one of these days it's going to like hit a brick wall out there somewhere and it may be 10 years from now. And it may be too long or too far down the road to recover from that thing. You know the safest way? 
So take it one day at a time, Joe. One day at a time. Slow. You say, well, you ain't accomplishing much. Oh, yeah, you are. Slow. Slow and easy, unless you're on the expressway. <laughs> That's different. That's different. Joseph. Daniel, man. Daniel purposed in his heart. Chapter 1. You know what? Way before they ever did anything, they had a desire in their heart of what they were going to do. Daniel said, no, I'm not, going to, I'm not going to do the things of this world. I'm going to do what the Lord says do. Daniel paid three times a day toward Jerusalem. He didn't need a compass to figure out which way to go. Three times a day he prayed to Jerusalem. Let me ask you, are you praying once a day? Are you talking to the Lord at all when you wake up in the morning from the time you get started, time you go? Are you asking him anything? Because if you're not, you're doing what you want to do. You know how he's, oh, man, I guess there's some verses in here. You can get deceived. They can deceive you in a heartbeat. You get, I think I got the verse right. Where's that? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, here you go. First John, go to First John chapter 3. And you got a Bible, man. The Bible tells you everything you want to know. You say, well, Mike, you're 65, man. Your life is over. It may be. I'm just trying to warn you. And you can do whatever you want. But I'm just trying to, I got Ezekiel. I got Ezekiel I got to deal with. I made you a watchman. And if you warn them and they still go beat their head against the wall, that's their, that's their problem, not yours. But if you don't warn, warn them, I'm going to blame you. I said, okay, okay. So you got to warn them. Man, this world, this world is, is it's, oh, it's, it's, it's insane. It's worse than a, an insane asylum run by the inmates. The, in, the insane people think it's insane. That's how bad it is. It's really bad. First John. First John, verse chapter 3, or yeah, First John chapter 3, verse 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that, he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as God as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifest, that he might destroy the works of sin. Jesus Christ had a distinct purpose. Don't you think we should too? Brother, the day I got saved, I knew something was different. And everything, I mean, worked up to a certain point in life. And, and everything would go a certain way to a point. And then all of a sudden the Lord says, hey, it's time to make a, a detour here. Or we're going to make a turnoff here. And, I mean, things would fall apart right about there. And I didn't really care that they fell apart. You know why? Because I knew that if I followed after Jesus Christ, whatever happened, this path would be okay. I did not know what was going that way. But I do know what's going this way. Jesus is. I'm going to follow after him. Sometimes, brethren, you just got to let go of this stupid world, man. It's of no value. In eternity, it has no value. It doesn't help anybody. But he says, he says let, let no man deceive you. You know what this world wants to do is deceive you. You got to do this. We're looking for more people to be like this. Well, forget it, man. You know what I'm looking for is I'm looking for a few good men and women that want to serve Jesus Christ and go out. You know what will build this church? I told somebody this the other day. I told that man, the young man I was talking about in the room. I said, you will build this church or it won't get built. If, if I can't motivate you to go out and tell somebody about Jesus Christ with a smile on your face and, and a hope in your heart and a joy that what you're asking them to get into, oh, but if I get in there, i got to quit all this. i got to quit this and that and this and that. Maybe you should. Maybe you should get a hold of God and just say, Lord, what would you have me do? And then find out what he wants you to do and do it and quit looking at everybody else. 
it's time to grow up. You know what was wrong with a lot of us? We've never grown up. We just haven't surrendered. I surrender all. I surrender all until the song's over. All to Jesus. I surrender. Okay, we're done. I'm done surrendering. And you go right back to doing what you did. How could you possibly do that? you got to let go of the stuff, man. Then people go so far to the other side. Oh, man, you can start getting into that, man. They get some really wacko, crazy people out there. 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 1.15. I'll stop right here. I'll, I'll pick it up later. Purpose. Resolution. Determination. Do you have a determination to serve Jesus, or is your determination something else? I'm telling you, brother, that uh, everything looks really sweet, man. I'm telling you, the career paths and all this other stuff. Uh, the, the person that Andrew was talking to the other day, uh, his wife left him out there, and, and they both had good-paying jobs. Uh, she left him and went off out into La La Land, married another guy. And, and, I mean, right there, you're talking about a messed up place to work. I mean, that's the environment. People marrying each other, divorcing each other, marrying and divorcing, marrying divorcing, and going on down through the road, down through there. And, and it, it's just like a normal everything. That's life to them. Oh, it ain't working out too good today. I think I'll try this. Is that, is that how our life is? Oh, it's not trying. This isn't working too good. I think I'll try that. No, no, I think I'll try that. I'm just going to try this right here. I don't know about you, but this thing right here works out pretty good. We talk, we talk people into going to uh, TBDI. I don't talk them to go to TBDI to be a preacher or a teacher or a Sunday school teacher or anything. I teach them, I, t- I try to get them to go to TBDI so they can get a year's worth of this stuff crammed in their head so they can make the right decisions. I'll tell you what, if you don't take TBDI, one year from now, you'll still be making the wrong decisions. Now, TBDI may not be your answer. Well, go, go to PBI. If PBI is not your answer, take it from someplace else. Joel Osteen probably has a, a course online out there you can probably take from him. But you know what you need to do? You need to get some Bible in you so you can make stop doing what you're doing and say, look, I need to focus. I had a preacher the other day tell me, he said, Mike, you and I aren't getting out of here. We're going to, the rapture is going to happen before either one of you, either one of us get out of here. It's going to happen, brethren. It's coming. For me to tell you anything else, I'd be lying to you. I can't, you got a career, and you're going to get this, get this, get this. It ain't going to happen, sorry. It ain't going to happen. I'd love to say it's going to happen. 50 years ago, I could have probably said it was going to happen. 40 years ago, I could have probably said it was going to happen. 1980, I even thought it was going to happen. Until I met Dr. Upman, and then he said rapture was going to happen in 89. That just messed everything up. And even when it didn't, I kept thinking it was going to happen like every five minutes. I've been going for 40 years thinking the rapture is getting ready to happen. And guess what? I'm still thinking rapture is going to happen. First Corinthians, he says, and this, and, and in this, first Corinthians, second Corinthians, 115. Second Corinthians, 115. I'll stop. I told you I was going to lie, but a purpose, man. You got to have a purpose. I think, I think soul winning is a good purpose. I think passing out tracks is a good purpose. I think all kinds of things. I mean, anything serving Jesus Christ. Hey, being in the Navy is a good purpose, if that's where God wants you. I talking to Jake the other day. Jake was talking about the military. I said, hey, brother. I said, it's just as bad in the military as it is out of the military. The same things happened to me in the military. happened to me out at LexisNexis and EDS and Crane uh, Pro Services. It happens everywhere the same. Probably the same thing in here. Uh, it's crazy, man. Life is crazy, but it's interesting. With a purpose, you know exactly who you're serving, you know what? He, first, Second Corinthians, Second Corinthians, one fifteen. He says this, and in this confidence I was minded to over to come uh, unto you before that you might have a second benefit, 
I looked at Dr. Romney, some of the second benefit there, so just pass over that one. And to, to pass by you in the Macedonia and to come again out of Macedonia unto you and, and, uh, and of you to uh, be brought on my way toward Judea, when I, when I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? No, Paul knew exactly what he was doing. Or the things that I purposed, do I purpose according to the flesh? Paul goes, no, I'm not doing it according to the flesh. That with me there should be yea, yea, and nay, nay. There ain't the same. It's, some people are two-faced, man. You can't get an answer out of them. Paul is like, this is what I'm here. I have a purpose. I'm here to get the gospel out. That's what my job is. I'm here to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to every creature I can. That's what his purpose was. When he got saved, before he got saved, he had a purpose. It was to kill every Christian he could find or lock them up. After he got saved, he realized he was on the wrong side. You know what he did? He didn't change it. He just got on the right side and went headlong into that. Paul was a dedicated man. You know, Samson wasn't. Samson was flipping, did whatever he wanted to do. Got whatever he wanted, did whatever, he did this, did that, did this. Samson was like an Elvis Presley or some of us. I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. And look where it ended up. Hey, in the end, I think he did the right thing. I've had people say he committed suicide. and, and he, No, I don't think he committed suicide. I think he went into battle one last time. The only way he could, he was blind. And the only way he could fight blind was to push those two poles. He knew right where those poles were. He told that young lad, he said, stick me between these two poles, and I'm going to push. He didn't tell him that. <laughs> he said, stick me. He already knew. He had a purpose, man. He knew what he was going to do. I'm going to knock them poles out, man. That whole place up there. I've been up there when it's been full, and I can see. And he goes, there's going to be a lot of people up there, and they're all going to be toast when I get done with them. And he pushed those two pillars out, and that whole thing fell down and killed everybody. The man had a purpose, but it took him to get everything lost in his life to get that. God will work a purpose in your life, in my life. And it'll be a cost associated with it. I just don't want to pay that cost. I'd rather go along life with him as we go. Paul said right here, let me, let me read the rest of this verse. When I therefore was thus minded, did I use lightness? No, he did not. He was very stern. He, 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 uh, he went to Peter face to face. said, hey, Peter, you're wrong, man. You're wrong. You, you know what Peter was? Yay, yay, nay, nay. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, I can eat with the Gentiles now until, oh, there come. No, no, I can't eat with the Gentiles. Peter was wishy-washy. You know what's wrong with a lot of Christian day? Oh, I can stand here in church like it, but when I get with my family, I got to be totally, no, man. I'm the same way with my mom and dad, with my mom now, as I am with Beth. Beth is worse than I am. You think you ought to get her over there, man. She's, she says, I purposed that I purposed he goes, uh, and the, the things that I purpose, do I purpose according to the flesh? And that's, that's a testimony. When, you look at, when somebody looks at you, do they look at you that you're doing it according to the flesh? Or they see you doing it according to the will of God? It will matter. I got a little card the other day, and they want a King James Bible conference. I laughed at it. I'll give it to you all. If you all want to go, you can go. I don't care. If I have to tell you that a King James Bible is the Word of God, and i got to have a conference to encourage you to believe the King James Bible is the Word of God, if you've been in, there's something bad wrong right there. I think, I think there is. I just think there's, a, there's an issue here. There's something going on, underlying. I'd rather have a conference about soul winning or telling somebody about Jesus or living right and, and showing somebody, hey, you got a responsibility to Jesus Christ 
for your life. I don't have, I got proved the King James Bible was the Word of God in 1984. I've known it's been the Word of God. I don't need a Bible conference to tell me that it's the Word of God. I didn't need one, I didn't need it for 39 years. Yet, you know what a lot of people do? They got to get, I got I to hear about the tribulation. I'll tell you what, there's some books on, I got a book on Revelation. Who was it got that book on Revelation? Somebody just got one. Somebody was just talking about it. They just gave it to somebody. Who was it that just told me they just gave that? I got Alzheimer's, so you got to help me. Oh, you did. Yeah, who was that you gave that to? Or they got that? Yeah, okay, so here you got work. Oh, man, yeah. Were you there when that happened? When Jonathan gave the, the book of Revelation? So the boss is out there out at where they're working at. Yeah, Jonathan took the book of Revelation in, right? And she's been listening to Dr. Ruckman stuff. Messed her up, man. The messed her up. That'll mess you up. Uh, it'll mess you up. And so he hands her this commentary, and apparently she really is liking it. And I'm thinking, brethren, you never know who's out there watching whatever that you hand them something like that. And it's like, that is, to me, that's exciting. Because there's one more person out there who read something. It's not that they're following Dr. Ruckman. It's that they can hear the truth. That's the, when Dr. Roman spoke, he spoke truth. He's a man. I don't look at him as a man. I look at him as a teacher, and he's a great teacher. He, he loved the Lord Jesus Christ. I looked at him like that. I didn't look at all the little nitty-pitty, nitpicking things that you could pick out of anybody. Yeah, you know what? He came to church one night, and his hair was over on Beth's hairdresser, so his hair's combed the other way. And she goes, that's messed up. Something's wrong there. I said, what's wrong? I never noticed it. Well, he'd take Coke or something, and he'd put it on his hair to stick it down, to hold it down. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, only, only he would do that, man. She caught it. I didn't catch nothing. And you'd come in another night. Like, he didn't care, man. He'd sit there and be drawn and drawn, and he'd have chalk all He'd have a white thing with black chalk all over it, and, and he'd sit there drawn, and, and it'd be on his face and everything. He just didn't care. You know one thing I know about Dr. Peter S. Rutman? He had a purpose. And he loved the Lord in that purpose, and he lived his life to that. And when he could no longer fulfill that purpose, he was mad. They said before he died, he was laying in the bed, looking up the ceiling, and said he couldn't, he couldn't do what he used to do. He read, read, he couldn't read no more. And all I can do is stand here and look at, or lay here and look at the ceiling. And he said, and I'm blind, and I can't even see the ceiling no more. <laughs> I mean, he was ticked off before he died. Why? Because he couldn't fulfill his purpose. Let me ask you a question. What's your purpose tonight? I'm done. 7.59, I'm done. A desire is okay. But the desire has to go beyond that. And brethren, sometimes we sit here and look in life. I think I'm doing exactly what the Lord wanted me to do. I keep telling him, I said, Lord, I'm doing what you asked me to do. I'm trying my best to get this thing done. And then you throw this other thing in here. Uh, he says, hey, get these books on prayer. The Bible says, buy the word and sell it not. You know what I'm doing? I buy stuff. That, those books are out of my pocket. Most of them, I think, are anyways. I hope they are. If they're not, it's church bought them, so it doesn't really matter. But, but I think they are. But if they're not... I don't ask anybody, you know what I want you to do is learn how to pray. Boy, if you could get a church this size praying, you could actually probably change our country. That's how serious this is. Now, if you want to pray for your job, pray for money, pray for that, pray for that, you're missing it. You know what Daniel did or, or Nehemiah? He's seen the state of God's city, and it tore him up. When you see the state of people, does it tear you up? Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. I know it's kind of a sobering uh, thought, Lord, but 
uh, as it was our uh, desire, Lord, a desire can't start, stop there. It has to have a purpose that drives it on. Lord, uh, I pray that you give us the desire, Lord, to learn how to pray. Your apostles, Lord, that walked with you and talked to you, ask you to teach them to pray. Lord, we're 2,000 years from that. And, Lord, we're out here, and, Lord, we're no better than they are. And, Lord, we haven't accomplished the things that we should be accomplishing. And I think one of the main reasons why is our prayer lives aren't what they should be. Uh, Lord, that's just, that's just honesty, Lord. Like Nehemiah said, uh, I and my fathers have sinned. Uh, Lord, we're, we're sitting before you. If you don't do what you need to do and only you can do, Lord, it won't get done. Uh, Lord, we, we can be there. We can have the desire, Lord, and we're looking for a purpose uh, for, from you to get us through to what you want us to do. Not a purpose-driven life, Lord, uh, that, that was out there in the world. That's not even what we're looking at. Lord, you came here with a purpose in mind, and Lord, we have a purpose. Lord, help us to put the things that doesn't belong in our lives out to the side, and, and Lord, uh, just help us to get our mind focused on you. Lord, there's still a chance to win some souls. Lord, there's still some things that we can do for you. And Father, again, I just pray now that you bless the prayer service, bless Brother George, uh, Brother uh, uh, Paul Philpot, Lord, uh, continue to heal them up. And Father, we'll praise you on you in Jesus' name. Amen.